All right, good evening and welcome, welcome, welcome to a very, very special edition of Filling the Gap right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM, your daily companion. This evening is a very special broadcast, or should I say this evening, because at this point in time, the idea with this specific broadcast is that it would go as far and as wide as possible. So just before we go any further, I'd like to firstly start off by saying this is a pre-recording, and it's very important that you as our listener understand why this is a pre-recording. As you well know, every last Monday evening of the month, I'm blessed to be joined by none other than Reverend Paul Coupe, who does groundbreaking work for the church and for Christ on parliamentary level and on levels that are we as the normal citizens can only dream of influencing. So Reverend Paul Coupe is with me this evening and um, I can't explain to you how important this specific uh, show is. So I'm telling you now in advance that this show um, has been pre-recorded. And the reason for that is that we even released the podcast of the show prior to the filling the gap time slot. This evening, we are talking about the decriminalization of prostitution. And um, that is actually quite a hectic, heavy, heavy, heavy topic. So... Yeah, I do believe that this needs to get out as quick and as possible, especially due to the fact that we only have a limited time to react as the Church of Christ and to make our comments, our public comments. Um, the whole policy or bill or whatever you want to call it is officially open for public comment. And um, once again, this is something that has sneaked in under the radar and it's something that we as the Church of Christ were not aware of. But thank you to Reverend Paul Kupai for being on the forefront front of this specific battle. So if you're listening to me now, that means that you might not only be listening to Filling the Gap, which is on a Monday evening on Radio Pulpit from 7 to 8, but you will be listening to a very important kingdom and legislation uh, message. So Yes, it is Filling the Gap, but every last Monday evening of the month, we have a show called Kingdom Legislation in Filling the Gap, of course, with Reverend Paul Coupe, where we make the Church of Christ aware of important policies and important stuff that government is trying to put into our system without all of us knowing about it. So we want to make sure that the Church of Christ, my people will perish due to lack of knowledge and vision and knowledge. So in other words, we need to have the knowledge, and that is what Paul Kupai and this specific program is attempting to do. All right, so we're going to take a very short break, and then when we get back, we're going to jump straight into this heavy, heavy, heavy topic. There's no other word but to say a heavy topic, um, because this is, yeah, I, I believe, well, it's just me, okay, um, but I believe this is a huge, huge huge topic that the Church of Christ needs to be aware of, especially given the fact that we don't have much time left to comment on this. So, all right, we're talking about the decriminalization of prostitution and how the law is going to change. In, uh, in other words, guys, what does it mean? It means that they literally want to legalize prostitution and make prostitu- prostitution an official um, career in South Africa. But okay, let me not say that. Uh, all, of, all of the stuff that needs to be said, I'll rather leave that to Reverend Paul Kupai. She is the one that's the specialist on this field. So before we go any further, let me first just welcome my sister in Christ. Reverend Paul Kupai, Rev, how are you? Hello. Hi, Dwayne. And uh, compliments of the season, I guess, because we haven't seen each other this year. And I see you're all bearded up. And uh, yes, a great big hello to all our listeners. We've missed you over the holidays. I hope you didn't eat too much turkey because there's lots of work to be done this year. Lots and lots. We're starting this year running, running literally. There's no time to walk, but we need to run and make sure we're on the program. (laughs) Well, Rev, what was actually quite amazing is last week I had a program with a – a traumatologist. I didn't even know there's a word like that. But um, while I was no. on my show, um, I had a few people who had their dates confused and people that tuned oh. in for Kingdom Legislation with Dwayne and Reverend Paul Coupe. And they started mm. asking all of these questions and I had to stop them and say, listen, you've got the dates wrong. So, Rev, our listeners, our listeners are back. 
They're back. They're back. We're so glad you're back. And um, yes, this is teamwork. This is not uh, really, a, it's not a Dwayne Pearl program. It's a nation program. It's about um, all of us participating mm. as responsible citizens, uh, you know, as people who are accountable, as people who God has entrusted to be salt, to be light, to make a difference and to steward the nation into her assigned mandate. So, yes, I'm glad they're back. Well, Rev, um, we spoke off air because this is not you – only you don't work for only this nation of South Africa. You work for the nations of Christ. Um, you're off to Nigeria yet again. What's up? Yes, I'm going to Nigeria tomorrow, and Nigeria will be having her national elections um, in a couple of weeks. And um, they're really very critical uh, elections for Nigeria. As we know, Nigeria is one of the giants of Africa uh, in terms of po- population. You know, she's about 200 million people, which means one out of almost one out of every African is actually, you know, a Nigerian. So Nigeria is is quite important on this continent, as is South Africa, as is every nation. But, you know, in terms of size, geographical size, population, and GDP, you know, some some countries we really, really have to uh, focus on, on what's happening. So she's having her elections, and I'll be going as a part of a team of international delegates who have been invited to come and pray for Nigeria, and so we will be there for about a week um, from South Africa, the three of us coming from South Africa, um, representing the global voice of prayer. And so we will be going there just to pray and strategize and just really decree and declare over that nation and trust God for uh, a good outcome and a kingdom-based outcome. Rev, so from a South African perspective, knowing that Nigeria is going into elections, do we have um, do we have some strong Christian candidates running for office? Well, you know, we we have some candidates. I I um, wouldn't go to that that degree of saying strong Christian candidates, but there are some, I think, one or two potential candidates that I believe the church is, has found potential in and is backing the body of Christ is really supporting one or two of those candidates more than some of the other candidates. So we will know more when we get there. And also we're praying and hearing God. But I also want to use this opportunity, Dwayne, to actually mobilize the South Africans now. So 2023, yes, it's elections for for Nigeria and some other nations. I believe, I think Zimbabwe will also be going to the polls. Let us not wait till the last minute, South Africa. We go to the polls, national polls next year. Twenty. Look, January is already over. Can you believe it, uh, Dwayne? I mean, it's like we just came back from vacation, Christmas vacation, and January is all over. 11 months before you know it, we're going to be in 2024. And we want to avoid a situation of voter apathy. So please, let's start getting mobilized right now. Start looking at the political parties, start investigating them, interrogating them to see which ones stand for the values that you stand for, because that's how you should be voting. Voting for for values, not voting because you like the color Colors of this political party. Oh, I like their colors. They're matching or whatever. Or, or voting because their, their previous, um, uh, leaders voting for their previous leaders and those leaders are no more there. If you're voting for a political party because you loved a previous former leader and that leader is no longer there and, um, the, the, the values that that leader represented are no longer being represented by that political party then you owe you do not owe that political party any allegiance. So we need to vote in terms of our conscience, our Christian conscience, our values, um, in terms of uh, service delivery. So uh, we've gone through a lot in this past, you know, year. We've seen a lot and, you know, there's been a lot that I heard a new term the other day, um, Dwayne. I heard about road shedding. So there's we have load shedding. We have here in Pretoria East, we haven't had water for days. So that's water shedding. 
And then on SABC, I heard that there's road shedding and road shedding apparently refers to the potholes in our roads. So we have road, we have load shedding, we have water shedding, we have road shedding. The only shedding that we don't have, which we need desperately, is sin shedding. We need sin shedding. That's the one that should be shed. There's any shedding, it should be sin shedding. So vote. So guys, start talking about it. Start looking at the political parties. Start interrogating them. See which ones represent the values that you represent. And and let's let's get the show on the road. Let's not wait till 2024. And voter apathy is set in. I like it. That's where the pasta of Reverend Paul Goupay kicks in. Then I can just let you go. You'll run with us the whole day long, won't you? I don't know if it's the pastor in me or if it's the the lawyer in me because lawyers talk a lot as well. We're paid to talk, <laughs> or if or if it's the the woman in me because women apparently we have we have been allotted twenty thousand words per day to men five thousand. So I'm not sure. It could be a combination of all three. So the pastor, the the lawyer, and the the prophet also, and also the the, the woman in me. Is, is just able to just hoy, you know, well, I can just hoy. It. Well, Rev, I read, I read a joke the other day of a guy that said, I'm already struggling to tolerate my wife. Just imagine, <laughs> listen, he said, just imagine God didn't choose my rib and you chose my jawbone for my wife. Oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> All right, well, but, Rev. But, Dwayne, yeah. can, you, can you imagine those then who, you know, you just, you say you're struggling to, you know, cope with the 20,000 words your wife brings. <laughs> so can you imagine the polygamists now? It's not 20, it's like 100,000 words that mm, you must now mm, <laughs> Oh, well, Rev, it is it's actually very nice to hear you with, a, with fun in your voice, with the laughter in your voice. But in reality, you are getting on an yeah. airplane and you are flying to Nigeria with a certain section of your heart really being heavy of what's for what's going on right now. And that is probably the topic yeah. that we're discussing this evening. So you go right ahead and I don't want to say shock the church, but I, I still do think that the church of Christ is oblivious to things like this. They don't realize what's really going on. What's the topic this month? Yeah, I think there's two levels, Dwayne. I think there's a level of being oblivious, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I think there's also another leg which says as the church, we are also complacent. Mm. Um, where we feel that it's not our responsibility, we're too comfortable, you know, we'd rather be on social media or doing other stuff than actually getting involved and participating in things that can drastically affect um, our lives and negatively affect, drastically affect a generation, our mm. children. And this is the topic that I want to talk about today because it has all those negative connotations, those negative implications. This is something that can not only affect us as a nation, it's something that can affect the generations to come. It can affect our children. And and so I really hope that South Africa is listening very carefully, but not just listening. The Bible says, be ye doers of the word. So to listen and to hear and to do nothing is, is almost useless. God said faith without action. Faith without works is dead. So if we listen, if we pray, if we prophesy, but we don't go and legislate, we don't go and make submissions, we don't go make our voice heard, then we're as good as just, you know, mm. God said it's dead. It's dead. We can pray all we want. We can prophesy all we want. But we need to come to a point where we make our voices heard. And it was on December the 9th, Dwayne, when I discovered um, the the... Uh, that there was a release. It's. It's. A, I'm not going to get into all the technical details because sometimes it confuses people. But it's a sexual offenses. It has to do with sexual offenses, and the bill is now being. There's a proposed amendment, and the amendment in effect. This is what you must hear, uh, so I don't confuse you with legal technicalities. The amendment in effect is going to decriminalize prostitution. 
It's going to decriminalize prostitution. If the bill is passed and it goes through, it will decriminalize prostitution. Now, some people are getting a bit confused with terminologies. Decriminalization of prostitution means the same as legalizing prostitution. So effectively, when you decriminalize something, it means you take the criminality out of it. So it's no longer a crime. It's no longer an offense. And by taking the criminality out of it, it simply means it is now legal. So you have legalized it. So when you hear the word decriminalization of prostitution and you hear legalize the bill to legalize prostitution, it simply means the same thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. The bill is there to make prostitution um, legal. And I do want to say that to some people, it may be a shock. To some people, it may be the first they hear of it. But I got to tell you, the first time I heard of it and started actively really challenging it and 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 um, really trying to stop it was in 2010. In 2010 was the first time it was drawn or brought to my attention that there were groups such as Sisonke, um, an NPO, NGO, another group called SWEAT, which um, is an acronym that stands for sex workers. It's an association that represents um, sex workers. Um, they want to be called sex workers. I continue to call them prostitution, um, not for any other reason, but because that's the word. So, And, and the reason why, Duane, I insist on referring to it as prostitution is because I, I do not see it as work. Now, I worked for the International Labor Organization for many years, which is one of the UN agencies, which, you know, we all know the UN Mm. (laughs) and their mandate. But when I worked for the ILO, one of the things that the ILO does is it's got a section that deals with decent work, decent work. So they represent um, employers and employees And really, part of their agenda is to make sure that people have decent work. So, for instance, things like child labor, it's an issue because children should be in school and not working. Um, You know, uh, labor slave trafficking. The ILO has a great interest in that because, you know, people should not be made slaves of. And similarly, they represent decent work. So they stand for decent work. And, and, And that is the first thing I want to say is that it can never be said, it can never be said that somebody who is having to sleep with 10 or up to even some cases 15, 20 men a day, you can never by any stretch of the imagination call that decent work. Somebody who is having to expose their body themselves to STDs, you can get sexual diseases, you can get gonorrhea, you can get syphilis, and at the top of the list, HIV AIDS. South Africa is already suffering a high HIV AIDS statistic. We don't want to open the door to more HIV AIDS. So there's nothing decent about it, Dwayne. There's nothing decent about legalizing prostitution. I'm astonished and I'm ashamed at any government and any leadership that would want to legalize prostitution because there's so many implications um, to it. Uh, I've mentioned some of the implications to the prostitute themselves is to say that, you know, you open yourself up to a lot of health risks. You open yourself up to a lot of psychological trauma. Um, it's an indignified, it's, it's something that is not dignified, uh, you know, and, and, and yet as South Africa, we are signatory to regional protocols like the SADC protocol on gender, like the African um, charter protocol. And all those protocols talk about what, Duane? They talk about defending the dignity and the health of women. They have specific provisions around where they're saying, listen, women have been um, demoralized. They've been beaten. There's violence against women. They've been maltreated. And so as nations, we need to take the responsibility, especially as African nations, to ensure that they're kept safe, to ensure that they're, they're, they're given dignified opportunities. And the, the, the challenge I have is that the people who are advocating for uh, prostitution to be legalized, <laughs> this, is, this is the amazing thing. They are claiming, Duane, that it will keep, if you legalize it, it will stop prostitutes from being beaten. That's what they're claiming. That's why 
That is the reason they're advancing to say legalize it because prostitutes are being beaten because it's illegal. And because it's illegal, prostitutes cannot report the violence um, because if they do, they're going to get arrested because it's illegal. Well, this is what I have to say, Dwayne. Number one, prostitution is never an isolated activity. It is never isolated by its nature. Wherever you see prostitution, you will also see drugs. Many of the, the women who have to sleep with Johns, as they call them, clients, they can only do so under the influence of some substance, under either alcohol or drugs. So many of them are drug addicted. So when you have prostitution, it doesn't come alone. It comes with another triplet. There are a few triplets. One triplet is drugs and alcohol and substance. Another one is 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 trafficking. Trafficking. Wherever you see prostitution, you will see drugs. You will see trafficking. You will see pimps. You will see a whole mafia underworld. If anybody has ever been to Hillbrow, then you know what I'm talking about. Many people are scared to go to Hillbrow because it's become a mafia underworld. Even the police, I think, Dwayne, are hesitant to go to Hillbrow because it's a crime city. It's a crime syndicate. And so I'm saying by the very nature of prostitution, because it includes all those things, it is a violent activity. Wherever drugs are, you will always find violence. So to claim that by legalizing it, it's going to lose its violence. No, no because it's still going to be associated and accompanied by drugs. It's still going to be accompanied by traffickers who are violent. They're criminals anyway, and they're violent in nature. So legalizing that mm. is not going to take away the no. violent nature of prostitution. Mm. The, the, the reality is that prostitution is a multi-billion dollar business. Just the same as all anytime you see people fighting for something like, you know, we did the whole vaccine thing. Look, it was a multi-billion dollar business for the, the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Certain people were, were benefiting billions. Whatever it is that you want to see, whenever you see something being uh, something that is immoral, that is being um, legalized, know that money is behind it. And that's why God says you either serve me or you serve money. You either love the one and hate the other. So there's always big, huge dollar signs behind it. And it's the same instance here with prostitution. Pimps are making money, mm. big money, because it's not just the prostitute they're selling. They're selling drugs. They're trafficking people. They're making billions. And so it, 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 it it's a real shame that there's a lie that is being sold to say we're protecting prostitutes when you're only opening the door for them to be more abused. And you're not only opening the door for prostitutes to be more abused, you're opening the door for South Africa to become one giant hill brow. Because when you legalize prostitution, guess what? Every pimp from every nation and every prostitute from every nation is going to come flying into South Africa because here they'll be able to trade their business without fear of jail. It'll become like the, the prostitute tourism spot. We will become one giant hillbrow. Sodomon so Gomorrah. this is an effect what we're opening ourselves up to. But I mean, I've been saying a lot, so Dwayne, I no, think you must say something. No, Rev, you, what you just mentioned while you were talking, I was thinking about, um, you talking about all the legal implications. I was talking about moral implications. And then you said the word yeah. moral in your last sentence. I, as a pastor and as a minister and as a child of God, I, I just for a moment, <laughs> no, I don't want to think about the impact that the moral effect can have. Because all of a sudden you've got, bro we're already living in South Africa with broken um, 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 yeah. uh, marriages broken households. We already have one of the highest divorce rates in the country. Now, we're literally just adding fire, uh, petrol to the fire. Because now all of a yeah. sudden, can you imagine a school girl, if you ask her, what do you want to become? It now becomes okay to say, I want to become a prostitute. Because it becomes Absolutely. an official, a professional uh, thing to do. So I want to become a prostitute. So our moral value system of the, 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 the country that's supposed to be publicly, that's going out of the window by legalizing prostitution. Well, it's, it's pretty much already gone out of the window with CSE, comprehensive sexual education, Unisex all the toilets. immorality. 
yeah, unisex toilets, our children being taught to masturbate and, and, you know, to choose their genders. It's pretty much got one foot out, uh, the morality out right there. I haven't really said a lot in my previous interviews. I've done a few interviews on SABC. Otherwise, I haven't talked a lot on the issue of morality, but because this is a Christian, um, radio station, I'm going to do that in this instance. Um, the other platforms, you know, they, they were more of the, the non-Christian platforms. So I was focusing on the legal implications. But now um, this is a platform where I really can talk about morality. And of course, um, you know, we, we, we know what is grievous to God. God says in Psalms 97, too, he says righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And he talks about how sin exalts a nation, but I mean, sorry, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. Sin is a reproach. And um, we've we've pretty much legalized everything that the Bible calls sin. We've pretty much legalized everything that the Bible, this is the last maybe leg that 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 where we need to go to. So I don't know, maybe we may be called South Africa in one vein, but um, you know, I think others may be calling us Sodom and Gomorrah. So we really need to rethink what we're doing. We cannot allow this bill to go through. Uh, what is surprising to me, Dwayne, is that this is a nation that some years ago, I remember the leaders, the leaders introducing a project called the Moral Regeneration Project. I don't know if you remember that. I yeah, do. I, do. Yeah. I clearly remember that. And because I remember at the time thinking, why is the church not been invited to drive this moral regeneration? If we're looking at issues of morality, surely the church should have been invited and some of the church leaders invited to drive it, not just to even participate, but to drive it. Mm. Um, that's right up our street. You know, that's right up our alley. That's what we should be doing. But of course, we were never invited to drive it. And because we weren't invited, it has disappeared because a strategy can never be driven on morality. It can never be driven by people who have no morality. How would you expect a strategy that is to drive morality to be driven by some people who are, are looting the government co coffers, corruption, bribery, and all of that, and you're still expecting that that strategy would be driven. It doesn't come as a shock to any of us, I think, that the strategy has disappeared into thin air. And um, now what we have is not moral regeneration. What we have is moral degeneration. Degeneration. It has gone down completely. I mean, now we want to legalize prostitution. It's, it's, it's a real shame. And you know, Dwayne, this is, this is, I think, the scariest part of this. As I've said, prostitution and trafficking go hand in hand. Mm, no, we have international organizations from all over the world who are horrified. Um, organizations that are, are against trafficking. Um, I've been communicating with a good friend of mine, Dr. Marcel van der Watt, who's actually from South Africa, but based in United States of America. He's horrified. He worked uh, with Vits and Saps when he was here um, on the trafficking issues. He was a hostage ne negotiator. He is working at an international level. Mm. And he, along with many, many others, are completely horrified that South Africa is, is attempting to do this. There are nations around the world, like Iceland, who tried to decriminalize prostitution. And immediately they did that. Their trafficking statistics were just uncontrollable. They went completely, you know, off the line. And so there is statistically proven statistically that when you legalize prostitution, the trafficking statistics go, go up. They escalate so much. Now, Dwayne, we are barely managing. We're not winning the trafficking cases. And so South Africa is saying, uh, not only are we losing, but we want to lose really badly because now we want to legalize prostitution so that it's completely out of our control. Duane, let me say this. The traffickers are so bold. They are coming out boldly in daytime in the malls. In the mall where I live right here in Pretoria East, I have come across at least four or five traffickers who have approached me directly 
And their modus operandi is the same, is the same. Many of them are foreign. They're not from this, this country. Many of them are foreign. The first thing they will say to you is, oh, you're so beautiful. I want to talk to you. And that's how they trap their victims by flattering them, telling them that they're beautiful. They isolate them. And then um, they invite them to meet them somewhere else. That's where they get trapped. They get hooked on drugs, all sorts of things. Dwayne, just before I went to preach right now on Atterbury, on, uh, this is how bold they are, not just in the malls. On Atterbury uh, Road, I was driving down on my way to Hamanskral. And this guy stops me. Uh, he's hooting at me in, in the next lane. It's a silver gray ML Mercedes Benz and he's hooting. So I think that, oh, maybe my tail light, there's something wrong with my light or my indicator or my tire. So I roll down my window and then he shouts at me across from me. He said, oh, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, what? So I just like, you know, and as I'm rolling the window, he says, please just park here. Just stop here. I want to talk to you. And I, I told him, I said, normally, I tell them that, listen, I know exactly who you are. You are a trafficker. You are a potential trafficker. And I, I tell them, I'm going to send you to prison. I'm going to report you. And immediately I do that. They run. They take off. And I want to give that advice. Parents, tell all your children, especially girl children, even boys are trafficked. Tell your girls, train them, educate them. If strangers come up to you, in the mall or any place and tell you how beautiful you are. Tell them that, listen, you don't want to hear, you're going to report them to the next security or police officer. You will see them run away. But do not allow yourself or your children to be taken away, to be isolated. Do not follow them. Do not listen to them. Tell them immediately. Tell them that, listen, I know you are a trafficker and I'm going to report you. The minute you say that, they disappear. They disappear. They vanish into thin air. So empower yourself with information. Parents, it's, it's unfortunate that we live in a society where our government is not protecting us by, by making laws that will catch some criminals. Instead, the government is making laws that will make it easier for criminals to operate. It is infuriating. I'm infuriated as I stand here. That our government does not love us enough. That they would want our children and next generation of children to be taken away. They're already failing in safety. They're already failing with security issues. They're already failing to protect people. And now they want to open a wide gate. A wide gate that will invite every dangerous pimp, criminal, mafia person into this nation to come and hijack, kidnap and traffic our children. Shame on you. Shame on you. I'm probably being very unprofessional right now. I'm normally, I know you know the diplomatic legal person, but I am highly offended. As a parent, as a lawyer, as a prophet, as an apostle, I am highly offended that we do not have leaders who are out to protect us. I've asked the same leaders before who are pushing this, and I've said to them, which of you raise up your hand? Any of you who want your daughter to be a prostitute, raise up your hand. And guess what, Dwayne? Not a single one of them was able to raise up their hand. So what does that tell us, South Africa? It tells us simply that our leaders do, do not want their own children to be prostitutes, but they want to pass laws that will make our children prostitutes. So they're going to protect their own children, but they want to pass Laws that will prostitute other people's children. I want to say to the leaders, if you cannot pass a law that you would want your child to be the beneficiary of, don't pass it. Unless you want your children to be prostitutes, do not pass this law legalizing prostitutes. If you pass this law to legalize prostitution, then you must show us how good this law is by, by committing your own children into prostitution. If you think it's such a good law, if you think it's such a wonderful law, then you volunteer your own children into prostitution. If it's that beneficial, you show us how it's done. So, Rev, can, can I just ask this question? Because as you are talking, I'm really enjoying this. I, I like this side of you, by the way. Um, 
is it money that drives this? Because listening to this, listening to all of this, you, you tell me that even the people in these high-ranked positions that's pushing for these bills and pushing for these policies to change, they don't want it for their own families. But why then yeah. want it for a country? It's money. Partly it's money. But also, Dwayne, you need to understand how politics and how the world um, functions. So there are hierarchies. There are hierarchies of nations. Certain nations are have more influence and more power. And those nations have determined what constitutes rights and what doesn't constitute rights. Those nations have already determined that every immoral law, every immoral law are the laws that they want to impose on other nations. So simply put, when you become a member of the international community, for instance, like the United Nations, and you want to be somebody who features at that level, it's like a club. For you to be allowed into that club, you have to have legalized certain laws. You have to have identified with their values. And that is the problem we're facing now in South Africa. We want to be a part of the big boys club. We want it to be on the security, um, you know, uh, for, for the United Nations Security Council. South Africa has been fighting to be on the Security Council. Well, guess what? You can't be on the Security Council until and unless you pass all these immoral laws that these big boys believe in. You want to feature uh, as part of the WEF, Big Boys, World Economic Forum, Davos, all of that. You can't do that, Dwayne, unless you have signed over these rights and agreed that we are part of the Big Boys. So this is our dilemma as South Africa. And this is why South Africa has almost differentiated herself in belief from other nations. Other African nations are staying true to their Ubuntu, are staying true to their values, are staying true to their family orientation because African states are pro-family. Mm. But South Africa has separated herself because she has said, I want to be a member of the first world order, the, the, the first uh, new world order and the first world. I don't want to be identified with the so-called third world. And so for you to separate yourself and be part of this club, you have to first have passed these rights, which they have redefined and called human rights. But there's nothing human rights. There's nothing human about, um, you know, killing a baby. There's, not, there's nothing human about that. There's a human wrong. Well, Rev, let me take a guess. This is open for public comment and we can do something about it. But they've probably been so strategic not calling this specific thing the decriminalization of prostitution. What, what is this called? Because clearly they're hiding behind something. Yeah, they call it the uh, bill to legalize prostitution, basically. But here's the thing. Um, like you said, they've been very strategic. It was very strategic for, it was no mistake, Dwayne, that they released it on December the 9th. Why? They knew that everybody was pretty much going on vacation then. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. God's providence that I saw it on that day. I mean, I was out there in the Karoo and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, December the 9th. I held a Zoom meeting the very same day. I started mobilizing. I said, people, before you go on vacation, you got to do this. Let's mobilize. But it wasn't by mistake. They do that all the time. It's not the first time they do it. And it won't be the last time. So when they want to sneak in a bill um, where people won't see it or observe it, they do it during holiday times, knowing that from mid-December to mid-January, nobody's home. Everybody's eating turkey. Everybody's, you know, drinking eggnog and, and roasting marshmallows over the fireplace and singing jingle bells and all of that. And so ain't nobody home. So this is the time we can sneak this in. So they knew that by the time we came back from vacation, it would be pretty much over. So Tuesday is our last day. Tuesday is our last day. Tuesday, the 31st of January. We need to make sure that we make our submissions and we need to vehemently say no. We need to, uh, to, to, to advance the reasons that the reasons are it's going to turn South Africa into a big crime center. It's going to raise up the, the trafficking incidents, which we're already struggling with. Um, it's, it's not beneficial to the prostitutes themselves. It has health risks. 
It has mental, psychological risks. It has all different types of risks to the prostitute themselves. In fact, I would say not only do they need to leave it criminalized, but in my view, Dwayne, I think that they also should focus on the clients because in most instances, they focus on arresting the prostitutes. I would say not only do we need to leave it criminalized, but we need to focus on arrest the clients, arrest the Johns. If you arrest those people who are buying sex, I mean, the prostitutes will just fade away because nobody's buying sex. So focus on the clients themselves, arrest them. Why is it always just that the women are targeted? Target the Johns, target their clients who are buying sex, arrest them and they will stop buying sex and there will be no nowhere to ply their trade. Rev, I recently spoke to a um, confidential source within the police and I don't have consent to quote this person, so I'm going to say it um, anonymously, but this person, yeah. this person said that in reality, what, what is being legalized is not only the trade of prostitution, but the existing yeah. rights of office blocks that can come up in our suburbs and in our areas. Now, can you imagine driving to your child's yeah. preschool or primary school yeah. and you literally drive past a building that has been legalized, come here for sex? Because it, there's no reason anymore to hide that because it becomes public legally now. This is exactly why, Dwayne, I was saying, imagine Hillbrow. We're all scared to go into Hillbrow. So by effectively legalizing prostitution, mm. South Africa becomes one giant Hillbrow. Mm. It's not just going to be contained in Hillbrow. It will be all over South Africa. Yeah. So your neighborhoods will not be safe anymore. In fact, I already know of places, um, even in very upmarket, posh places already, I know that there are places like Dane Fern where people have bought homes because that's how lucrative the, the business is. People have bought homes in Dane Fern and are plying prostitution in those homes and trafficking. I know, I know, I've heard of places like that. So if they're doing it while it's illegal, what are they going to do when it's legal? All your fancy upmarket homes, wherever you live, is going to be flooded with mafia people, with drug traffickers, with sex traffickers, and there's nothing you can do about it. And they're going to be playing their music and raucous, and there's going to be noise pollution, and they're going to be drugs being sold because, like I said, prostitution always comes with drugs. And you will be powerless to do anything about it because you did not make your submission against this bill. So right now, we are not powerless. We can, if we submit in our numbers, we can stop this bill. But if we don't submit, we will be powerless. It doesn't matter what fancy upmarket you know, place you have bought out there. Anybody can come. In fact, those are the places they will target because prostitution is a lucrative business. They can afford those 8 million rand homes that you live in. Don't think that your double security estate is going to keep you safe. They're going to infiltrate those places because it will be legal. Right now, what keeps them out is that it's not legal. So if you report them, then they'll have to shut down. But once it's legal, even if you report, you can't do anything. You're just going to have to live with it. Yeah, it feels to me like this obviously hasn't been thought through because um, this has got an impact on our medical system of our country. This is almost like the spreading of a COVID disease, um, but STDs and HIV. And it's a big can of worms, in my opinion. But nevertheless, Rev, where do we go? How do we stand against this? How do we do yeah. our submissions? Well, listen, Dwayne, I think it has been very well thought through. And I think there's certain beneficiaries of this. Mm. Um, it, it's not been, it's, it's us. So we know where it's going. We know the business that it provides. We know the money it's generating. So for those who stand to benefit from it, they've thought it through very well. They have thought it through. They know where the money is going. They know what's going to happen. Um, they know how they've sold their soul uh, to, to, to benefit personally and to sell the, the 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 morality and the welfare of the next generation so that for their personal aggrandizement and their personal benefit they know that and um you know it's it's very sad that we would have people and leaders who would think like that so where to next as i said we have until tuesday to make submissions um so we need to make submissions and like i said 
please uh, look for reasons, advance at least a couple of reasons. I've given you so many reasons already here. If you've forgotten them, I invite you to go to our website. You can go to our website of um, our young Christian lawyers. It's called www.thedeboras972.org. I'll send you that information. www.thedeboras, all lowercase, one word, thedeboras 972 org. So you can go there and you can check out more information if you need more information. There's also a template that we've put out there just to give you an example, but you must make your own personalized submission. You must customize your own. Don't just copy and paste. Make your own. Take some reasons, advance them, write them in your own words. Um, there are addresses. I'll send you the addresses. But another way which is quicker um, and, and, and also, you know, quite useful is to go to the Dear South Africa website. <clears throat> so go into the Dear South Africa website. If you look for the link, uh, Dear SA legalized prostitution, you'll find it there and you can submit directly through Dear South Africa as well. Dear SA. Yeah. Right. So what I'll so, do is we, we're not waiting say, for this yeah. to be aired on Radio Pulpit. Uh, it is Saturday now, and we're going to make sure that my team package this in the form of a podcast, and then we'll distribute this. And at the bottom of our podcast, we'll give you all of these links that Rev is going to send me after our recording today. And I'm going to take all those links from uh, Rev's uh, website all the way to DRSA's website, and I'm going to give you everything at the bottom. You need to make sure you distribute this podcast far and wide because we need to inform yes. the Church of Christ. Rev, it's still not too late. We still have four days. We still have four days. And listen, we're supposed to be 60 million South Africans here. I mean, really, for me, I think if we were to raise anything less than 600,000 submissions, it would be shameful because 600,000 submissions only represents 1%. 1%. You, want, you mean to tell me we can't even 1% of an 80% Christian nation? You know, that still means that 79% haven't said anything. But at least we should be able to get 1%, 600,000. You know, if we were a little bit more serious, we would at least be able to tie the tithe of us, 6 million. We should at least be able to get 6 million. But um, I know we, we think that enjoying our burvos and braifles is, is, is better than saving the next generation. But I do know, I believe there are some conscientious believers out there who are, you know, outraged by this move and who will definitely take steps to protect our homes, to protect the nation of South Africa, to protect our children and the next generation, and even to protect the prostitutes themselves. The government should be looking for decent jobs for them, decent employment. They should be teaching them. They should be training them. They should be equipping them and skilling them so that they do not have to um, enter into this indignified type of activity to try and feed their children. We, we don't hate prostitutes. We love them and we love them so much that we want better for them, Dwayne. Mm. We don't want them to have to uh, open themselves up to all sorts of mental, physical and emotional trauma. We want better for you. And we want to say to the government, find better jobs for them. Stay true to the, the, the protocols that you have signed, the regional protocols, the, the continental protocols where you have undertaken and said that you will protect women and protect their safety, make sure they're not taken advantage of and protect their dignity. Stay true to what you have signed because right now if you pass that that bill and legalize it then you will in effect be 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 abdicating on the pledges and the protocols that you have signed so powerful Rev, it feels to me like once a month isn't enough but but at this point in time we have every last friday every last monday of the month and um, I invited the people to start asking us some questions. I invited them to ask questions, and I'm going to forward you some of those questions that has already come through, if that's okay with you. Okay. Sure. Wonderful. Great. There was actually a lady on last week's show who, um, who, yeah. who actually pointed me to a newspaper article. Um, and then <laughs> she said, could you please forward this to Reverend Paul Kupai and ask her if she could represent this lady? <laughs> so uh, that, <laughs> it's nice. Our, our people's listening and they're waiting for us once a month. So you can't go anywhere in 2023, ne? <laughs> 
All right. I'll try and stay home as much as possible. But remember that Africa is a big continent and other nations. But I'll and listen, I'm always reachable by by through technology. So even if I've traveled, you can see me through this little Kamakama technology here. Listen, Rev, let me <laughs> remind you, we've had recordings while you were in London. We've had yeah. we, we've actually done Seychelles. some shows wherever you uh, Seychelles. We've done a few. Yeah. Yeah. I think in Egypt, yeah. Once we did one in Egypt also. Yeah, we did yep. Egypt, Seychelles, we did London. Um, yeah. I can't even remember the rest. We've actually been on it. Can you believe it? This is our third year. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I feel sometimes like we've got so much more to do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, I'm a phone call away. You just let me know at one o'clock in the morning when you want to record something and we record it. Sure. No, definitely. But um, again, we want to thank our, our listeners and thank you for engaging with us. Thank you for sticking with us. And above <laughs> all, to all of you who have, have made submissions, thank you for doing that. We want to ask you to take it up another notch. Take it up another notch. Don't just make submissions. You know, gather a group of 10 people and, and challenge them just in your WhatsApp group. And, and, you know, have cell groups or have tea parties where you can all do it together. Wouldn't that be fun? Just have like a, a tea party and you all sign your pledges and, and just submission tea party. There you go. Submission tea party. <laughs> you can have an altar call after that. Come on. That's Come a new on, movement. That's a new movement that yeah. we should start, huh? You know, we're creative. You can all have burbos and bri. You can submit over a bri place now. Come on, South Africa. Do it the South African way. You know, we, you know, we know how to hoi it like nobody else can. So you can hoi it over a bri, lekker bri, and you know, have a cook sister after, and then wash down kachemer, a ginger beer. Yeah, ne? <laughs> Come on, let's do it, South Africa. Rev, listen, I miss you, and I can't wait to have you in studio with me again. We've been threatening for so long to have something to eat and have a proper lunch or something like that. 2023 is the year for that. No, we're doing it. We're doing it. And your mom as well. I got to do it with your mom. I promised your mom. Yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. Nevertheless, guys, uh, this is a very important show. And uh, if you listen via podcast, we really want to encourage you to please spread this immediately as far as wide as you possibly can. Um, and then at the bottom of this podcast right now, Rev has sent me all the details of all the various links. And we will ensure that that is at the bottom of this podcast. Go to my Facebook page. Go to Reverend Paul Coupe's Facebook page. And uh, together, I believe we can make a difference in the kingdom of Christ. Rev, I love you like a sister. And I can't wait to see you again. Blessings in Nigeria. Thank you. Be praying for us and let's trust God for a good outcome. Thanks to all the listeners. God richly bless you. See you next time. Let's do this, South Africa. Let's show that we are in charge of our destiny and this nation. Okay? Come on now. Genako. <laughs>